This is The Rundown, presented by The Runner Washington. Featuring Alex McIntyre and Kyle Paulson. Now, here is your host, the runner Washington himself, Keenan Gray. Welcome to another week of the Rundown Podcast here on the Runner Washington website, your home for high school cross country and track field here in the state of Washington. Keenan Gray from the Runner Washington, as always, joined by Kyle Paulson. No Alex McIntyre tonight, but we do have a very special guest. James Theodore Paulson is joining us. Might give us a couple of insights on some Zag running, Zag basketball. It turns out he became a very popular Zag fan last night. Um, just not even talking cross-country track because we all know I'm a huge, huge Zag fan. Basketball was so exciting yesterday. I mean, I don't know, Kyle, if you watched the women's game yesterday, but I was jumping out of my seat when I saw Jill Townsend hit the game winner against BYU, and it was so sweet that they beat BYU in that game. Yeah, I wasn't able to watch the women's, unfortunately, but uh, I watched a couple of highlights, and that was super exciting game. That was Great day for the Zags uh, women's program for basketball. And you wouldn't have guessed where the athlete was is from, Okanagan, Washington. That's why I love a buck on Zaga. They get uh, great Washington people. So that's fantastic. And then on the men's side, tough first half. BYU just shot lights out. They just shot the ball super, super well. And you got to give credit to Mark Pope and that BYU offense shooting 70% in the first half. But the Zags found a way to hold BYU to 25 points in the second half and pull off a 10-point win. A lot of us were very nervous about it, um, but I think it was a great test for the Zags team. First undefeated team in school history to finish it out through regular season and WCC tournament. Exciting things are ahead for this March Madness tournament. Yeah, I tuned in after the half. So I was like, oh, shoot, you know, they're down by double digits there. So I was kind of nervous, but, you know, they – when I came in, I mean, they looked like they had it all under control, even though they are behind the team stayed composed and found the way to get ahead and win. So I think that's the kind of, even their coach said this, that's the kind of pressure that they need going into the tournament. So, you know, good for them. Congratulations on the wind. And they got with a good test going into the tournament where you, know, you can't afford any losses from here on out, which so far they haven't done. So hopefully they can keep that up. Yeah, James putting his insight right there. He was he was cheering for the Zags last night. He was all about it. Even mom was happy about the Zags last night. Ain't that right, James? Exactly. Got a little something there. Right. Good good insight from from the little man right there. But we got a good show for you guys. Uh, we're going to talk about week five. Lots of teams started racing again. Super exciting stuff going on, and it pretty much feels like the entire state of Washington is back up and running with high schools and conferences competing all around the state of Washington. And then we'll take a look at the NCAA cross-country meet. We got a lot of Washington runners, former Washington runners, racing on this Monday down in Stillwater, Oklahoma, for the NCAA cross-country national championship. Kyle, I'm going to start off with you. What stood out to you last week from of all the races uh, or the recap that I wrote from last week? I'm going to start with in Spokane. They finally got their season started a little bit 
uh, behind some of the, the rest of us. So great to see them come back to it. Looks like North Central had a great uh, race between them, LC, and, and U High. Uh, so, you know, congratulations to Spokane getting back to cross country. And then in your recap, you broke this down, but I mean, Arlington had a great race. And I think you might want to go a little bit more depth into that. But, you know, they look really good and looks like the majority of their runners are healthy, which I know they've struggled with in the past. So, you know, boys' side, that's what I saw that was really fantastic. Yeah. Girls' go- side. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, oh, go ahead, finish with your girls. Oh, girls' side. Um, you know, I keep bringing it up every week, but that Macy, um, I'm going to butcher the last name, Marquardt. Marquardt. From Marquardt from Kennewick. Run a great time on a, a super slow course, a little windy day over in Pasco at Big Cross. Like at, I believe at 1840, um, which is a fantastic time on that course. I don't think a lot of people race very often at that course we haven't had a league meet there in over 10 years so it's challenging it's slow that's why the coaches here don't want to do it um and also Issaquah's uh, Julie David Smith over at Sunfair you know kind of abandoning her team but I'm sure her coach was okay with that running at the Sunfair course rather than at their dual meet yeah, the, she, the reason that Julia David Smith went over to that race is she wanted to take down Amy Eloise Neal course record. Which I don't think she was close, right? No, she she was she wasn't close, but I, I mean it was it was worth a shot, especially when you're running solo that entire race. And, and for those that know Sunfair, how much of a beeping course uh, it is, uh, only the toughest runners can really run fast times on that. But I give credit to her, 1753 for her first time ever racing in Franklin Park. That's a very solid oh, yeah, that, time. The course there, pretty much, you, it's a three-mile course, but you can pretty much, you're going to run a 5K time at that three-mile three course because of how tough it is with the terraces in there. And to be fair, when I think when Amy Eloise Neal ran her record there, uh, she was with Katie Knight. I, maybe, I don't know if they missed each other or they raced each other there. I'm, blanking on it but i know they both race at one point and they both have i think the one two times and julia david smith wasn't the only girl that ran a fast time last week there was in fact a lot of girls that ran one including one who made her season debut actually her high school debut none of us have ever heard this name before until this past weekend but roosevelt's claire archer if you don't know the name, you're going to know it now. And Roosevelt's produced great runners in the past. I don't know if anybody remembers Lucy Shido, Grace Hodge. All have competed at the state meet before. Um, but this is someone who, one, has never been part of a high school cross-country team, has run club, but in her first race ever running for the, running for the Rough Riders, she breaks Roosevelt's high school, school record in the 5K running 18.03 and has the number one time in the entire state of Washington. Last fall, she did run a 19-24 5K time. So solid time for someone that is now being part of a high school team. But to go to 18.03, my goodness, this is a special, this is a special athlete. Yeah, putting in the work during all this crazy COVID time. So great for her. Uh, can't wait till, you know, she's not a senior, right? Oh, she's a junior. Oh, this, she's is a, fir- oh, this is her first year running cross country in high school. Perfect. So we can get a regular season this fall. She can... You know, prove it all. That'd be fantastic. 
Learn the name, folks. Clara Archer. If you don't now, you, you, you should, because she's she's a really talented runner and someone that none of us knew at the beginning of the year, but now we do. And another athlete that stood out tremendously this past weekend was Seattle Preps Lily O'Donoghue McDonald. We talked about her this season and how she got so much better during the COVID season and ran super, super well. Well, she started off the season, I believe, with an 18-16 5K mark in her season debut against Ballard. And I believe that was in, I want to say it's in Jefferson Park, maybe Magnuson Park, they ran that race. I'm from the east side. I, I don't know any of these courses. So, I mean, she ran a fast time. So, maybe it was a fast course or she's just a fast runner. I think I had her as my top two 3 day runner. So, then another athlete that ran a really fast time, Hawkinson's Allison Peterson. She kind of struggled at the beginning of the season, um, but ran an 18 second personal best 5K time of, of 18.08 uh, to win her second race of the year against Mark Morrison, RA Long. And then there's another one. I'm trying to. There's another athlete that ran a really fast time, and I can't think of it off the top of my head. Let me look here. Oh, you already mentioned it. Macy Marquardt ran 1841, a 12-second PR for herself in her win against Southwich and Walla Walla. And you were telling me earlier we got a good matchup this weekend between her and Richland's Natalie Rosowskis. Yeah, so this weekend is at our home course here at the Kennewick Lawrence Scott Park. It's a super fast course. Uh, a lot of people are on real quick lifetime PRs here. So uh, Macy and uh, Natalie from Natalie Rosowskis. I probably butchered her name, Uh, but they both race each other this Saturday uh, early in the morning. I believe probably about like 10 a.m. Oh, no, not 10 a.m. Always start at 10 a.m. By about 11. So It'll be fantastic. I'll make sure to get some photos for you of that, of that duel because I guarantee you there it's going to be some ridiculous times. I know a couple of years ago uh, when Johan Correa and Ryan Child raced there, uh, Dystat put their results in as a 2.9-mile course rather than a 3-mile course just because of how fast they ran. So we might see something like that again uh, just because of how fast these girls are going to run. I'm really excited to see this duel. Uh, overall the girls ran super super well from an individual perspective but i want to talk about a team that is on the rise and sitting right now at the number one spot in the hypothetical me according to athletic.net and that's the seton catholic cougars we've been praising them all season long and, and the crazy thing is this team is made up of four first year runners and one sophomore the first one of their four first-year runners is their top girl, and she ran 18-16 for a 5K. And then their second fastest is a sophomore, Laura Carriott, or excuse me, I believe, no, she is a sophomore or junior. I know she's one of them. Somebody out there correct me, please. I feel like I'm getting this wrong, and I shouldn't be getting this wrong. But anyways, Laura Carriott, 18-26 for a 5K. Right now, even without a state meet, those two right there, that'd be a fun race to watch at the 1A state meet if – we were to have a state meet, uh, but Seton Catholic, a really strong d- team this year, especially with four of their freshman girls under 20, 20 minutes for a 5k. Kyle, I know we've praised this team so much and we continue to praise them. They just keep getting better and better each week. Yeah. I think it's going to be one of those instances where maybe a year or two from now, uh, they're going to be 
top 10 ranked national team. Uh, they have some fantastic runners and they can just continue to build on their success and uh, get faster. I, I mean, North central just a couple of years ago was uh, they believe tied for six, but you know, one other runner had a better day. They would have been somewhere in the top three. So I think this is a team with that level of, of caliber. And I think, What's great with them being at that lower division, that 1A, is they get to fly under the radar a little bit. I mean, not with us because of the praise we're giving them, but uh, I think they should be really excited. And if they're not already talking about being a national uh, caliber team, they should be thinking about it here in the next couple of years because they're phenomenal. I agree, but I- – the national part, we might have to hold off that a little bit because we have no idea what this team's going to look like in the next year or two. I mean, the freshmen are running out of their minds and they're running super, super well, but we have no idea what this team is going to look like in the next year or so. Obviously, I think they can win a 1A state championship. That's that's a no-brainer. But are they able to replicate what that North Central senior class did for the four years when they were in school? Because that was a very, very talented group. If, if they continue to improve the way that they have been, I think they definitely have the potential. Just got to keep, you know, stay healthy, keep working hard. James, I don't know if you can hear that. He's got a couple insights. He's, he's agreeing with me. Um, but yeah, I think they definitely have the potential. They are running really well. So congratulations to them. And, and I wish, I really wish we had a state meet for a lot of these teams just to, you know, see how well they can do. Um, I don't remember the last time we had this good of a 1A team. I, maybe you can remember this. Oh, so I <laughs> – no, no, not this thing on uh, 1A, 2A, the lower divisions, but I mostly keep track of 3A, 4A stuff. Uh, until and that, and that's dressed, totally so. fine. I, I grew up cheering on the small school, so I would have said the same exact thing if yeah. I didn't know anything about the 3As and 4As. But uh, th- this has to be one of those teams that's, like, up there with one of the, the greatest – 1A teams of all time. At least I know like Mount Baker and Riverside have had some really good girls teams in years past. Right now in the hypothetical meet, they have 85 points, which I believe the second best team is like 200 something points. So not only are they ahead of everybody else, they're way ahead of everybody else. So uh, it's, it's early. It's still early on in the season and not every team has raced to this point. We haven't seen like a Lewis and Clark. We haven't seen a central Valley team. Uh, put together a quality race yet so who knows and we haven't seen either Tahoma or Camas put really really good races together this season in fact Tahoma will be racing this weekend in their season debut so we'll see what those teams do in the next couple of weeks but probably the meat of the week and a, and a, and a classic one when you talk about uh, Kingco Conference uh, Mount Cy Wildcats versus Issaquah Eagles uh, it's always it always delivers. And I'm stealing Jay Billis's line from when he talked about Duke versus North Carolina. It always delivered. But Mountside pulled off a two-point win over Issaquah this past week, 27-29, and led by Addison Craig and McKaylee Jensen for the two-mile race. Um, I think the reason that Wildcats secured this win is because they were able to get three of their top three girls in the top four. And then Issaquah managed to get all five of their runners in front of Mount Size four, which in hindsight probably would have got them the win, but because the Wildcats got three runners in front of their uh, number two, you talked about last week, Kyle, these dual meets, if you finish in the top three with three of your runners or even in the top four, it's game over. Yeah, I mean, that's just the, the kiss of death right there. If you can go one, two, three on a team, then 
you know, it's game over. It doesn't matter, you know, if you have 20 runners in front of the, their number four, it's going to, uh, one, two, three is going to win, win the day. So again, you kind of wonder if they cared about the meet, if they didn't run Julia David Smith, or if they thought that they could win even without her. So well, one way or the other, um, congratulations to, um, you said Mount Sai, right? Mount Sai pulled off the win. Yeah. Yep. Grand. Congratulations to Matt Sai. You know, it's something people can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't really think a lot of the West side schools really care about their dual meets. Maybe I'm wrong, but from what I've seen from years on years, from what years of watching is sometimes like teams will tempo a race and lose or tempo a race and barely win. Like it seems they should have crushed or hold out runners and purposefully lose and, you know, I especially in a COVID year, I, I don't get why you would do that. There's already, you know, so little out there that you might as well take advantage with what you've got with like a dual meet. But, you know, I'm not the coach. I don't know what's going on behind the backgrounds. I'm just uh, an observer looking on the outside going in. And well, well, perhaps if, if, we, if teams were able to travel outside of their region, which unfortunately they can't, perhaps Zizekwa would have gone to Sunfair and raced at that invite as a team rather than just Julia David Smith going on her own, but that's not the case this year. And I think Julia David Smith wanted an opportunity at a shot of breaking a course record in what is traditionally um, one of the more important races in the entire state, the Sunfair Invitational. That's, I really am sad that uh, we missed that race this year. It's one of our, one of my favorites, just every athlete getting their own race for the varsity and the grade races, I mean, it's a long day, but it's just so fun. And there's just so much tradition at that course. Uh, the announcer there does a really good job at the finish going over, you know, how close kids are to the course record or what the course record is, and you know, team performances throughout the years. So they do a great job over at Sunfair. Uh, again, I wish we could have gone, but good for, uh, good for everyone that was there. Other top performers on the girls' side before switching gears to the guy's side, Bellarmine's Ella Barsheim. Uh, 1411.86 for a 4,000 meter race, another PR and another win uh, for what's so far a fantastic junior and a huge bounce back year for her. Kemiak's Emma Arceo, she had a solid debut running 1727 for the 2.7 mile, mile race. Snohomish's Ellie Baxter uh, begins her senior year running 1218 for the two mile race against Stanwood in her win. Switching gears to the guy's side. Let's talk about the runner of the week, Rob McManus of Kashmir. What a runner this kid is and what a special talent he has to offer. Running 1250.7 for a 4,000 meter race. That is That time is no joke, whether it was a downhill course or even a flat as a pancake. This kid is the real deal, Kyle. Yeah, I remember his name. I think uh, when we did our rankings in the fall, you were really sold on this guy being – a top level athlete. So yeah, I'm sure you're not surprised to see this kind of time, but great for him. Fast time. Uh, can't wait for them to start doing like a three mile or 5k uh, races. Yeah, I, to be honest, I don't even know what a good 4k time is. I'm sure a lot of listeners aren't as well, um, but sounds fast. I believe it. And he's putting in the work. So good for him. I think anything probably under like 1330, it's probably a solid 4K time. And I know that's it's an unusual distance for you guys because you guys don't necessarily race that a ton on the east side. 
I think so far the lowest we've gone is either two mile or that 2.98 course that they couldn't find 0.024 to make it a three mile or whatever. <laughs> uh, but again, a, a very talented athlete and he had some good competition with him. He, he ran against uh, a four-year 1A rival and conference rival in Landon Davies of Cascade Leavenworth, who actually ran 1305 for that 4,000 meter race to finish second overall. So really two solid outings by these 1A guys. Uh, can't wait to see what they do for the rest of the season. Team of the week, you kind of touched upon it a little bit earlier, and I'm going to go into depth a little bit more. The Arlington Eagles, there's a reason why they're ranked number one in, in my eyes and probably in a lot of people's eyes. Um, with four of the five returning state participants, uh, they went first through fourth. For, and I believe they scored a perfect 15 points. Uh, Vincent Loftus, who is just having a breakout of a year, ran a three-mile personal best time of 14.50. And then it was Isaiah Lowry, second, running 15.22. Quincy Fankhauser running 15.37 to finish third. And then Brandon Moore, excuse me, was fourth, running 16.18. Even without Aiden Emerson, this team is still a solid team. I think one through five, when you sweep a team, it's special, hard to do, very difficult. But when the opposing team is their number one runners in the 20 minutes, um, you know, it. I hope the number one team would sweep that. Uh, so good for them, not trying to take anything away. I uh, shouldn't really focus on the sweep, though, but just some incredible times. Not sure what course they were at, but uh, – you know, it doesn't matter when you're running that quick. I mean, that's hard to do. But like you said with that, uh, Rob McManus, is, whether it's a downhill or it's flies a pancake, those are legit times. Mm-hmm. And we know Marysville Pilchuck is not the team that's the be end all, end all, or whatever that phrase is. Um, but I, I, I really believe Arlington is right now the best team just because of the returning depth they have this year. And I know you two got – you two – you and Kamai Kim were battling with them last year, at least, uh, to see who was the best team in this state. But y'all came out on top, so you got that win right there. Oh, yeah. We've battled, been battling them for years and years, along with North Central. They're legit contenders year in and year out. So, you know, they're a great team, great dynasty. Um, they got a couple seniors on there, and they're at the three level. So glad we won't be seeing them anymore. <laughs> but anyways, meet of the week going to the small school races on Alaska loggers versus Rainier Mountaineers. Okay. I'm going to say this because I went to a high school that had a mascot as a Mountaineer. I kind of think a Mountaineer and a logger are just very similar in the sense, although I could be totally wrong about that. I think a Mountaineer would wear like um, that raccoon hat and uh, a logger would just wear flannel and overalls. Right. Like I see more of a Mountaineer is like in a fur coat. And um, holding a, a stick, a hiking stick, and a, a mountaineer's got his big axe. Excuse me, big axe, overalls, and uh, flannel. So you just ex- you just basically told me what my my mascot looks like because we're the mountaineers, and that's exactly what my mascot looks like. Even though you just described a logger, essentially. What you, your guys' uh, mascot is in the overalls or the fur coat? We're in the we're in the overall flannels with the. Actually, we had a beret as our hat. We didn't even have a hard hat, and we had an axe. Beret, French. I, I maybe, don't know. Maybe the fur coat isn't PC. 
maybe that's why they couldn't do a fur coat because it's like animal cruelty. And well, you talk about the raccoon hat. That was more so of the pioneers. Yeah, pioneer and uh, mountaineer. They both end in E E R, so they gotta be pretty similar. If you were to tell someone back home where I live, if mountaineers and pioneers were the same thing, you would not be welcome. <laughs> that, that that's a big rivalry right there between Nooksack and Mount Baker. I'll stay. I'll stay on the east side then. I'm okay with that. It's a good call right there. But anyways, um, it's a fun meet. This is a really, really fun meet. Um, Four schools competing in team scoring at Morton White Pass. um, And the scoring was all over the map. When you have that many teams competing, uh, the scoring is going to be chaotic. Um, But the loggers did take sole control over scoring. um, When their fifth through seventh runners finished ahead of Rainers fifth, Um, that was the game changer right there. Um, on Alaska pulling off the win against a conference opponent, Rainier. Um, not necessarily fast times, but when you're looking at that 1B, 2B level, it's not fast times, but the kids are like right neck and neck with one another. Yeah, that's what's great about racing is it's not about the times. It's about how you place and, and where you finish. So, I mean, cross country, it's really, I think it's silly to compare times from course to course, maybe from year to year. Uh, on the course depending on the weather but it's all about where you place baby if you want to win a meet it doesn't matter if you ran you know fifth runner ran 15 minutes for you know three mile if you were third and third overall team in the race so you know that's what cross country is all about baby let's race and other top performances throughout the week evan jenkins making his season debut running 1556.5 for a 5k Solid race for him. Uh, don't know how challenging that course was. Uh, Klahalia, I'm for all you Klahalia people out there, I'm finally pronouncing it correctly. Klahalia. Uh, Alex Othout breaks the 10-minute barrier for the first time ever in his career for a two-mile cross-country race, for, uh, running a personal best time of 9.56 against the Olympic. When you break that 10-minute barrier, at least for a two-mile race in cross-country, that's legit. That, that's not messing around, especially when you when you try to compare track and cross. Totally two different sports. Again, again I'm going to circle back to what you said earlier, whether it's downhill or flat. It's, those barriers are, are a big deal. Um, and I tried to break 16 minutes for the 5K on a downhill course, and I couldn't even break 10 minutes on the downhill for the two miles. So you know, good for him. It's a fantastic time. Um, congratulations. That's great. Especially on Sun, cross country. Sunfair champion on the guys' side, Silas Cooper Quigley. First ever Sunfair championship win for him. And I think it's the first state, or not first state, uh, first Sunfair win for a Sela runner in quite some time. Um, but I want to talk about your kid, Isaac Teeples. Ran the fastest mark of the season so far, 1527.27. Talk about that race and what you saw. Yeah, I mean, I mentioned this earlier when talking about the Macy, but that course, Big Cross, it's it's difficult. There's a bunch of hills, um, especially this time of year. They, for the course, what they do is people donate their Christmas trees and they get a little wood chipper and put the Christmas tree bark up on the, on the course. And they don't do a great job spreading it out evenly. At least maybe they weren't done yet because I mean, there's spots that were gravel. And then there was a bunch of spots with just a bunch of loose Christmas trees. It smelled like a tar freshener. Um, but you know, fast time, a little windy. So I know he really wanted to get the course record of 1455, which is what he was chasing, but, uh, you know, great day, 
that course record 1455 was set by Anthony Armstrong on a perfect, perfect day um, where the course wasn't as slick as it is now, but it was. So, you know, super fast time, not surprised. Um, he's gonna go for another fast time this weekend. So I'm super excited to see that as well. Just phenomenal athlete, great talent, hard worker. So not surprising when you see times like that, you know, by any of these runners, by, you know, Jenkins, Rice, you can Coleman. When they run well, it's just a lot of hard work and a lot of, a lot of talent. That's fantastic. I know none of you guys can see what is going on right now, but my co-host is lifting his kid up in the air, trying to get him to exercise. It looks like it's a struggle for you right now. It looks like you need to hit the gym a little bit. Yeah. Well, he, uh, he's a little fussy and he's got about a 10 pound diaper on him. So uh, I've got, you can't smell it. You're lucky you're in Spokane right now, but he's getting a little, a little stinky. I'm going to let him get a little bit more before I change him. <laughs> I, I want to talk about another couple of individuals before moving on to our NCA cross country preview Jackson's Brendan Charbonneau and Jordan Hansen. Uh, arguably there's so many talented duos when you, in this state of Washington, when you look at, uh, Obviously, your guys is Isaac Teeples, Grayson Wilcott, Camus is Sam Geiger, Evan Jenkins. But these two from Jackson, uh, they went one, two in their race, not surprising, but finished four tenths of a second within each other, running 1331.5 and 1331.9 for the 4,000 meter race in their season debut and a 35 point win over a Royal squad. And I also don't think Royal is on the same level as Jackson. Um, but solid, solid outing for these kids. Uh, Jordan had a great, great COVID season, as did Brendan did. Um, really big things coming ahead for these guys in their, I believe, senior year. So it's really, really good stuff from them. Isn't one of them a junior? I think one of them is a junior. Jordan, Jordan might be the junior. I think Brendan is the senior. And, you know, Jackson's a, a powerhouse. They've been great in Washington, you know, for ages. So not too surprising to see powerhouses producing top talent. So that's fantastic. I'm sure they love going one, two on in those races and hopefully they'll get some real good competition. I'm not sure who's in their conference or who they can race. So hopefully they'll get a little bit more competition than just their, uh, their own teammate. For sure. I mean, uh, coach Harushka, who's, who's been there, it seems like forever has done a phenomenal job with that program and, and it continues to do a phenomenal job with that, with that program. So props to Braden Charbonneau or Brendan Charbonneau, I should say, and, and Jordan Hanson. Braden Charbonneau was actually a roommate of mine last year. So shout out to Braden Charbonneau for me just spilling his name out there for no apparent reason, but the two spelled their last names almost identically the same. So it, it's, it's kind of scary, but I can see why I just mixed it up right there. Switching gears to our final segment, talking NCA cross country. Yes, this is a high school podcast but we are going to be well represented by a, a ton of former Washington State cross country and track and field standouts at the NCAA Division I Cross Country National Championships taking place this Monday, March 15th in Stillwater, Oklahoma on ESPNU starting at 9.50. I pretty much just gave a free advertisement right there for ESPN right there. I should just be paid for just doing that right there. Yeah, the check's on its way, Keenan. Appreciate that. Sponsor me, ESPN. Anyways, let's talk about all these individuals that are just running in this race because there's a ton of them, at least on the women's side. I think there's 13 women from Washington that are running in next week's NCAA cross country meet, including standouts like Cedar Rollies, 
Kristen Garcia, who will be running for the Zags, University of Washington's Naomi Smith and Andrea Markazic, who both competed against each other when they were at Bear Creek and Kings, as well as Hannah Wascom and Camila David-Smith, who ran at Interlake and Mount Sai. On the guy side, we got 11 individuals, including multiple state champion winners, such as Camus's Yasin Germali, Pullman's Eliasin Kabasenchi, Joe Wascom of Mount Sai, Lewis and Clark's Will Smith. What are you looking forward to the most come time for this meet on Monday? Looking forward to the battle of the state champions on the, the guys said there. I mean, like you mentioned, there's James Yassin, uh, Joe Wascom, um, and uh, Will Smith. So I'm going to missing more there, but you know, that'll be really exciting to watch uh, on the women's side as well. Um, I would really like to see, you know, if we can find, figure out what other states are represented by each athlete and scored at the end to see how Washington does against some of the other, the other teams. But just super exciting. Glad to see Gonzaga there. Um, and I believe UW women's there is also, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yep. See all the Washington schools represented. And, and your favorite team is there, women's side. Oh, Boise State, go Broncos. Yep, Malia Pivik and Yukina Parley running for the Boise State Broncos. I think Malia might be an alternate, but I definitely know Yukino is uh, on their varsity team. But, I mean, for all these athletes, two of them that we haven't seen race in a long time, both run for the same university, and that's Taylor Rowe and Jonas Price. They run for Oklahoma State University. We haven't seen them race. Actually, I tell you that, we've seen – Taylor race at the Florida state cross country challenge, but we haven't seen Jonas price race since winning the big 12 championship back last fall. Well, you know, it's going to be on their home course and I'm sure their head coach there, they're doing every workout, every tempo, every interval on that course. So even though we haven't seen them race, they're going to be, they're going to be ready. This is in their backyard. Uh, I, I know on the guys side, the uh, Oklahoma state chant, the uh, state Cowboys are an outside chance for the podium. And I just think having in their backyard, they're going to really show up. And I know the few races that they've had, Jonas Price has really done well. So I'm sure he's going to, you know, maybe be All-American. Who knows? I believe he has a potential. When you're looking at those teams that could podium, you're looking at BYU, obviously the defending national champion, uh, NAU, who won it three consecutive years in a row. You look at a team like Oklahoma State, who is on the outside looking in, sitting, I believe, they're ranked sixth in the country. Uh, who do you like on the men's side to take the team title home? Oh, team title, it's definitely got to be NAU. Uh, they've got you know, three runners that have the potential to be there. Number one, uh, Nico Young being one of them. Um, I'm spacing on, I think there's a, a Luis I'm spacing on his last name. I think it's like Luis Gervala. Yeah, that sounds right. And he was their number one. He ran a super fast uh, 5K in December. Um, and then another guy who was their number one at a race that they did a couple of weeks ago in Las Vegas. So they've got three, a really good one, two, three punch. Um, they crushed Stanford at the that Las Vegas race and Colorado. And both of those teams ran well at the Pac-12. So, you know, they're definitely, I think, my number one. They could have five, six runners in the top 25. So when you have that, it it's going to be, you know, a no-brainer they're going to win. But 
I thought they were going to win last year too, and BYU won. So, what do I know? It, well, this also kills me to say this, but I, I think BYU is just so loaded this year. And we, and I know NAU has got Nico Young, which Nico Young is going to be an All American runner. He's proven that this year in his first season with the Lumberjacks. But I just think BYU and their depth. Connor Mance is an unbelievable guy, and I think this is the year Connor Mance takes home that individual title that he's been chasing for the for the last two years. You know, that's what I'm really excited about with this BYU team. I don't know how hard they tried at the conference, at West Coast Conference, but, I mean, the Gonzaga guys were just keying off them that whole race. So if they can find those BYU guys that they raced against at conference and, you know, push them and push themselves, I think they've got a chance to, you know, be somewhere in that top five and surprise a lot of people just based off how well they competed against BYU. I mean, it's a 10K race. Anything can happen. It's a very challenging course, though, on a golf course. We'll see what happens. And you already talked about Oklahoma oh, State. They train on I, it. Multiple. I don't think it's a golf course. It's a designated cross-country course. That's their cross-country program's course. Oh, well, then I'm just mistaken. I was told it was a golf course, but... I, I, I could be wrong. Um, I know my buddy went there, and he talked about the course a bit, but... Uh, I could be wrong. It might not be at their home course, home course. When you, when you look at the guys list and the guys from Washington that are racing, who do you think's got the best shot to earn all American honors? Oh, definitely James Murawa, Murawa and Yassine, uh, Peter Hogan. I think those three guys are definitely, definitely my favorites for all American honors. Not even Luke Hauser from university of Washington. I guess I just all the Washington runners have a good shot. Let all of them are going to be in the top forty. <laughs> and then on the I, women's, I, those three are my favorites. What about you, though? You tell me yours. I, I like James. I like Yasin. Uh, I think Peter could be a top thirty guy. I don't know if he can be all American. Uh, I think Luke Hauser is an all American caliber runner. Been running super super well. I think it was second on UW's team at the Pac twelves. Uh, with what James and Yasin did this past week at this past week and a half at, at WCCs, they just proved they belong at, at the national level and to earn those All-American honors just from competing with Connor Mance and the BYU Cougars. Yeah, I listened to the Peter Hogan video you did. Uh, was it last week? And, I mean, that's what he pretty much said about Yassine is he's one of the best runners in the country and just – has been set back with some injuries. So I'm sh- now that he's on the national stage at cross country, I'm sure he's excited to uh, prove that. And so, you know, really excited for that. On the women's side for team battle, it's, it's a West Coast battle. You're looking at Colorado, Stanford, uh, NAU, BYU, lots of teams in like that mountain area, West Coast area. Who would you think would take the win? You know, I'm not as well-versed in the women's, but from everything I've read and seen and heard, it's the Stanford's race to lose. Uh, they've just, I mean, are phenomenal right now. Um, I think they had like their five runners in the top 12 at Pac-12s or something even better than that. I might be remembering it wrong, but um, they just have a loaded women's side led by Oregon, uh, former Oregon standout was Ella Donahue. Yeah, and that was a big shock too. Ella Donahue losing to to the UW runner, like the UW runner just took off like a 
like a bullet from the start. I think she at least had a 200 meter lead on the whole entire pack until the last probably 200, 300 meters or so when she was in front of Donahue by at least 20, 25 meters. That was a I crazy she race. Was skating on her, but yeah, when you, everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth, right? Is that uh, Mike Tyson? It could be. It could also be Muhammad Ali. I, it's Muhammad Ali. That's who it is. Yeah, sorry. I knew it was a boxer. All Americans to look out for probably potentially in on the women's side, Taylor Rowe, I, I, the Lake Stevens star, now just doing a phenomenal job in the Big 12 for Oklahoma State. She's been having a great year. I believe her best 6K time is like 20.06. So pretty damn close to breaking that 20-minute barrier. And she might not get that chance this week when she runs on her home course because it is very challenging. But who knows? Anything can happen at the NCAAs. Yeah, I know this is the race we're all peaking for. So she could you know, just have, have a day and run incredibly fast. But definitely think she's our top candidate for the All-American for the women. I know I'll be tuning in. I'm sure you'll be tuning in, hopefully watching it on ESPNU. I mean, from, from Gonzaga men to the UW women to all of us are individual athletes representing our state. Best of luck this week in Stillwater, Oklahoma. We'll be cheering you on big time. And we're, we're just so proud of you guys for all you've done, not just at the high school level, but now you're just having all these accomplishments at the collegiate level. So best of luck, NCAA Cross Country National Championships this Monday. ESPNU, 9.50 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Okay, I just did another advertisement. I'm getting more money. Please send me some money, ESPN. But as, <laughs> but as we conclude today's show, uh, week five, going to keep saying it. We keep, they keep impressing us, Kyle. Uh, these athletes are doing a phenomenal job in, in an unusual year. Yeah, it's turned out to be a really fun and exciting cross-country season, and I'm sure it's just going to translate to an even better uh, track season. Really looking forward to that. And then NCAs, I've already talked about these athletes are getting ready to race in Stillwater. Uh, 11 from on the guy side representing Washington, 13 on the women's side representing Washington. All sorts of good stuff, and hopefully we'll see some fast times from all these individuals and teams this coming week. So to wrap up our show, final thoughts, Kyle. Everyone just keep training hard and running fast. It's exciting to see. Um, take advantage of the opportunities you've got. If that means traveling to Yakima or running with your team, that's fantastic. Uh, just take advantage of every opportunity you're given. Couldn't have said it better. Couldn't have said it better. Uh, keep doing what you're doing, Washington runners. Have fun out there. Uh, just keep racing. Uh, season is is still young. Some of you guys might be wrapping up this week because you got your conference championship meets, um, but a lot of our conferences are just getting started. And hopefully soon enough, we'll be seeing you guys out there for track and we'll see some fast times in the 800-1632. And heck, we might even add sprints in there to cover this season. So it'll be a very busy spring for me if I, if I happen to do that. So for Kyle Paulson and our special guest, James Theodore Paulson, who couldn't quite finish the show with us today, he had to go down for his little nap it's a little past his bedtime, probably. Uh, this is Keenan Gray saying thank you for tuning in to the rundown here on the Runner of Washington. For all things high school, cross country, and track and field here in the state of Washington, visit our website at www.therunnerwa.com and be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you all next week.